Hello, gang. I'm Jamie Hiles. I'm Lydia Judy. And I'm Derek Holmaster. And this is Screen Bloody Movies, your favorite podcast that discusses horror movies. And apparently, going off the trend we have, uh, your favorite podcast where we watch movies where children die. <laughs> that is true. This is a theme. <laughs> oh, no. Once it's a coincidence, now it's a pattern. But four times, four out of six films is... It's a lot of children death. <laughs> yeah, you know. Dang, I didn't even think about that. I thought about it this morning. I was like, you know what? Because we made a joke about it with the uh, when we got into the blob, and then yeah. I was like, you know what? Uh, then we watched Pumpkinhead, and you know, Billy bites the big one. So I was well, like, well, continue the trend. I think Dang. the irony comes from uh, like our first podcast. We were like, oh, you know, this movie breaks that cardinal rule. You know that. They cross that line that uh, movies rarely do, and now almost every movie that we've reviewed has uh, crossed that line. So yeah, it's not that line is broken. I mean, it's shattered in a million pieces on this podcast. Yeah. Um, and, you know, so how are you guys doing? Anything new, exciting going on? I've I've got a wicked head cold. Yeah, that, I can hear that. That's and true. And I live in Indiana and just said wicked. So that's wicked yeah. awesome. <laughs> wicked cool. This is some wicked shoes. I'll stop. Lydia, anything new and exciting? I'm trying to think. I don't. I think it's been a slow week. I've just been playing like Animal Crossing, like nonstop. <laughs> that is important. Slow, slow week for me. It's been a great holiday. We just got off the Fourth of July holiday, so you know when you guys are hearing this, that's been a couple weeks back. Um, and. As of this recording, we are one week from this Friday, one week away from shooting the new movie. So that's exciting news, right, Derek? That is very exciting. <laughs> Hotel's booked. Hotel's ready booked, ready to go, ready to film and kill some starlets. Um, so we'll start this week's podcast like we start every week's podcast with the horror news. Uh, to be honest, you guys, it's kind of a slow horror news week. There's not a lot. Um, from what I can see, basically, uh, we have, last week, we got the release of um, Netflix's Fear Street, which I watched the first episode of and was pleasantly surprised. I was a fan. I thought it was very fun. Did either of you guys see it? No, I haven't got to watch it yet. You guys need to watch it. I think you'll enjoy it. The second uh, episode drops this Friday, and then the third uh, movie drops next week. So that happened. Um, let's see. What else did we have here? We You see there's a new Escape Room movie coming out? Yep. Yeah. Saw that one. What did you guys think of the first Escape Room? I liked it. it. <laughs> I've had a kid. So the last couple of years have been challenging where I'm not watching Paddington Bear. But I have not seen that one. Lydia, you liked it? Yeah, I did. I thought it was pretty entertaining. Yeah, I thought it was fun, too. I don't think it was necessarily scary. Yeah. Um, but it was uh, a lot of fun. I had a good time watching it. The ending was a little iffy. It was a little suspect for me. But uh, other than that, I enjoyed it. I thought it was a neat concept. You knew it was going to happen. Mm-hmm. You knew it was going to happen. Um, also, as of today, um, 
the Scream new Scream movie is 100% finished. And it will be in theaters January 14th, 2022. So we've talked about this movie quite a few times uh, on the podcast. But now it's completely finished. So uh, I guess we'll have to wait and see. Um, But that's in the news now. Uh, There's a new movie, uh, Werewolves Within, has just come out, which I hear is great. I really want to see it. Have you guys seen the trailer for this? No. It is a werewolf whodunit. Love it. Yeah, I'm not going to lie. And don't tell my wife. I've got a little crush on the lead actress. The AT&T girl. Yeah, yeah. Lily from the AT&T commercials. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Yes, she uh, looks great in it. looks fun. It's a, like I said, a werewolf uh, whodunit. So kind of a mix between uh, Agatha Christie movie and John Carpenter's The Thing. So we don't know who the werewolf is. That sounds, I mean, that's a fucking brilliant idea. I wish I would have came up with that idea. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> I love werewolf movies. Yes, yes. They're, they're great. Uh, in more serious news, uh, Andre Gower from the uh, Monster Squad uh, recently had a heart attack. Um, he is okay, thankfully, as of this recording. He has been um, released from the hospital earlier today. I saw that he's released from the hospital. I follow him on Twitter. And um, so we're sending a lot of uh, love and get well wishes to Andre Gower. You guys are fans of the Monster Squad, yeah? Definitely. Oh, yeah. It's one of my faves. Oh, Derek, you shouldn't have said that. Now when we review it, everybody's going to know what you think of it. Jeez. We're going to have to cut that. That's true. (laughs) <laughs> it's no surprise I get my that unbiased opinion every time. There's no surprise <laughs> that we're all probably going to give that movie high marks when we do that one. Uh, yeah, it's a sure. stone cold classic of the genre. And like uh, the the new Purge movie is out, um, and it's getting pretty decent reviews. It's a different new spin on the Purge, I guess. So, um, what do you guys are you guys fans of the the Purge movies? I haven't watched I'm a fan any of the concept. I yeah, I haven't videos. watched any of them except for the first one, and that was like a long time ago now. <laughs> yeah, it was almost ten years ago. Yeah, which is crazy. Yeah, it is crazy. I've seen all of I them actually. Good. Have you? Yeah, I've seen all the purges. Wow. Um, just yeah, I've, I've seen uh, the first. I think the first two. <clears throat> Did the second one have uh, Ethan Hawke in it? No, the first one had Ethan Hawke. So maybe I've only seen one. No, I saw this. I saw second. the second one has Frank Grillo. With, uh, yep. Yep. Crossbones. Yeah. 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 Uh, I yeah. saw that one. And I heard that this one is. Yeah. Right. This one is uh, fairly political. Yes. Which I don't mind because a lot of times, you know, you can do it in a way that conveys a very important point. So, yeah, yeah that, I, I would like I, to I, I'm interested to see it. Uh, I like the other ones. Uh, Frank Willow notwithstanding. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I'm excited to see it. So it just, it's it's out now. And then um, the last bit of, I guess, little horror news for all of you uh, um, Halloween fans out there. Uh, John Carpenter's classic 
Halloween and its uh, four sequels, two, three, four, and five, are all coming to 4K in October via Shout Factory, or Scream Factory, rather. So uh, they also have deluxe box editions of it that come with um, vinyl sets and, you know, uh, slip covers, and each disc has three discs. So they went all out on this. These are all, uh, these 4Ks are... 4K transfers from the original camera negatives overseen by Dean Cundy, who shot Halloween's one, two, and three. So they're going all out. So I will definitely be picking one of those up in October. <laughs> yeah. That'd be awesome. You know what? Uh, I will say this. Sometimes when you get too, when the picture gets too good, sometimes they can ruin the illusion. And uh, there's a scene from the Halloween uh, the original, the opening scene where he's got a wrench in his hand when he breaks the glass. You never notice that when it's on VHS. Well, no. But I think you pointed it out to me. Yes, I did. Uh, on VHS, uh, you couldn't really see much of it. You could hide anything. You could, I mean, yeah. if, you ever, if you've ever watched Flash Gordon on DVD and HD, oh, you see all of the tricks on full display. <laughs> it's not one that aged well. Um, but it's good to see it in as clear quality as possible. Um, and there's still going to be noise in the image. It's, it's a movie, movie shot in 1978, so we're 40 years old. Oh, yeah. But um, I'm ready to see the movie how it should have been seen, you know, how it's probably seen in 1978 and it hasn't been seen since. So that'll be exciting. Yeah. Now, guys, today's movie is a movie that I remember watching when I was younger. Um, and always had kind of an affinity for, but I hadn't watched it in a while in, until I would say during quarantines, the first time I watched it in many years. And then of course I watched it this, for this, for this, uh, episode, but it is, uh, Stan Winston's 1988 film, Pumpkinhead. Pumpkinhead! Come on guys, do it. Pumpkinhead. <laughs> I'm not doing that. <laughs> no way. Do it now. Do it now. Get to it the makes chopper. no sense. It does not make any sense. <laughs> Lydia's that's what Lydia did, so that's what we do every time we say it. Um so yeah, uh <laughs> <laughs> Pumpkinhead is a uh is a creature feature uh starring Lance Hedrickson. Um and directed by the great uh, master effects artist Stan Winston. This is Stan Winston's first feature film, I do believe. Yeah. Really? Yes. I think this is his first uh, feature film as a director. Um, uh, I see. And uh, he only directed one, uh, one more feature after this, and then a couple of. Uh, he directed a couple music videos. He directed. Uh, Guns N' Roses, You Could Be Mine. He directed uh, uh, Michael Jackson's Ghosts. And he directed the T3, or T2 3D Battle Across Time ride for Universal back in the day. Oh, so, wow. Of course, he did all of the uh, practical effects for James Cameron's mm -hmm. Terminator and, and many, many, many more. The, the Predator, um, you know, we keep going on. Sam Winston is an effects maestro. So, but this is his first foray into the director's chair, and we're going to dig into this thing and see how he did, how he fared. 
yeah. with it. Um, so you said he worked on Predator? Yeah. So he briefly got to meet uh, Jean-Claude Van Damme? Yes. <laughs> Which is the <laughs> highlight of every film. It's the highlight of everybody's of dreams. Our cousin Joey would said be... That uh, weird. Yeah, my cousin Joey would be all about uh, meeting Jean-Claude Van Damme. He would, oh, he would sure. die and go to heaven. <laughs> So uh, funny thing about head cold before we get started. Sometimes you pronunciate things really weird. Like I totally like said, just pronunciate. Claus. Like how you just said pronunciate. Yeah. <laughs> Probably, yeah. I said uh, Van Dam's name like really weird. Anyway, it <laughs> happens. I like a French twist to it. The the word you're looking for is pronounce. Pronounce. I will end this call. <laughs> <laughs> this is over. So uh, let's start at the beginning, I suppose. Um, so the opening to Pumpkinhead uh, opens with this red fire, basically, this fire burning in this really mm -hmm. cool uh, music, which I really dig the music. I think the, the, the music, the opening music is very dreadful. It sits like a... Uh, like it sets that tone, dread tone. Yeah. Yeah, I thought the colors, you know, just the fire, the opening was very good. I did, I thought it lingered a little long, a little too long, but I did admire it. I liked it a lot. Yeah, I mean, it, it lasted a little bit. You're right. It did kind of linger alone, but it was a lot of, a lot of people worked on this movie, man. What do you want? <laughs> That's why they have end credits. Exactly. But anyway. Uh, but the movie starts, and we're in a cabin, and we see a, a family in the, the hollers, as we say. Um, <clears throat> we see a family in the hollers there, and they're in, like, their cabin. And there's a guy running from something. We see a POV of something chasing this guy. And then mm -hmm. he's banging on the door trying to get in. And uh, we find out that he's being attacked by something. And this family can't let him in because... It's not their place, and you know they don't want to be involved, sort of thing. And during this, uh, and during the scene, we meet our one of our protagonist, one of our main characters, um, Ed Hardy, as a little or Ed Harley. I'm sorry, he, not Ed Hardy. He doesn't make shirts. <laughs> <clears throat> but we meet Ed Harley as a child, and he, um, so he he gets his first glimpse of this creature. Um, during this opening scene, I love the lighting. I love the lighting throughout this whole movie. I'm just going to spoil that right now, but I love the lighting in this opening scene. It, when we're in the cabin, it's really red. We get this really red lighting. And then when we're outside, we get this like stark blue lighting um, yeah. to contrast the two uh, areas. And I think it just sets like a great tone. Uh, you immediately know you're in for like a, like a comic booky good time with the, with the, with these super bold color choices that, that he uses. Um, so our friend is just, you know, eventually murdered by Pumpkinhead, which we don't see all of, we see glimpses of him. Um, and we see like the, the silhouette of him, like killing this dude. And young Ed Harley is uh, watching this, uh, you know, and then we, we zoom in on his face and cut to modern day Ed Harley played by the great uh, Lance Hendrickson. Mm -hmm. So what did you guys think of Lance's casting as Ed? 
either of you can talk. <laughs> Did he tell you? I thought he's great. I love I I I didn't know him in any other movies. I watched this uh for the first time when I was pretty young. And so like every time I hear his name or see his face, I'm I think Pumpkinhead immediately. And I love it. I, he did so good. Derek? Yeah, I thought he was uh he was a good casting for this character. Although whenever I think of him, I'm not gonna lie, I think of uh oh what what's the Van Damme one? <laughs> you and Van Damme today. <laughs> well no, it's it's, he's got a it's, scene. A, it's a hard target. Hard tar I was gonna say broken arrow, but I knew that that was wrong. Um so hard target. Because there's a scene where he like takes uh opens a grenade and he's like Ugh, and then he blows up anyway, he says like oh shit. Anyway. Uh, yeah, I thought he was a uh, he was cast very well as yeah. uh, as the dad. I love I love uh, Lance Hendrickson in this I movie. I, I yeah, like him in most movies. I like him in most movies, but I love him in this movie because of the character he plays. the The chemistry between him and the little and the actor that plays little Billy, his son, is terrific. And it's terrific, yeah. The way they wrote it, the way they wrote, I mean, it's kind of maybe a little heavy heavy handed. Uh, but he's such like a great doting father. Like this little boy is his whole life. Yeah. And there's a sweet scene early in the movie where, you know, they have their little dialogue and stuff. And uh, he says, um, you know, tells him that he made him something. And he goes and mm -hmm. pulls out this like crappy necklace that he made him, like a little stick figure necklace. And Lance yep. Hendrickson's performance is so good and his, and his character is so sweet. That he's like, I'm never gonna take it off, and he just, you know, gives him a kiss and uh, and says, "Ever tell you a story about the, you know, the the dumb old man who had a son that he knew was gonna change the world?" And and it's just like this. You're like, your heart fills with, oh, he's a. It's good to see good fathers on screen, you know. Yeah. And he's totally that. Um, I will say, speaking of Lance, uh, as soon as he's. <laughs> As soon as he came on screen, I did write down in my notes uh, that I dig his fake teeth. Those oh, fake dude, buck I'm glad that they were they fake, him, man. Those fake buck teeth they gave him are just something else. Yeah, I uh, I noticed his teeth looked a little, little wonky. Yeah, pronounced, as they say. Yeah. It just added to his character, though, because then he's just, you know, he kind of enunciates his words differently because he has these teeth in uh yeah so we're introduced to him and uh his little dog gypsy who yep i heart gypsy right gotta love gypsy and uh we were introduced to the uh the grocery store where they work which is also a great like setup i mean that they're on this desolate road yep. have this little shanty of a grocery store that's harley yeah. and son he writes in like red oh, spray paint yeah. in sun grocery and he has good old uh billy of course helping him uh with take care the of the place man yeah yeah basically take care of the place so we spend a lot of time with these two characters in the beginning of this movie to kind of make us really care about them and get invested in them which is a yeah. really smart idea, in my opinion. Oh, yeah. Because I think the opposite happens with the other cast of characters that come into it. Like, 
you don't get to spend that time. You don't get invested. And, you know, I also would, I don't think that they were well cast, but, but yeah, go ahead. I would, no, I'm with you. I would argue that Stan Winston's point of view is definitely siding with uh, Ed Harley. Yeah. Do you guys get that feeling as well? Yeah. Yeah. Because um, it's not like they, we spend the most time with them in the beginning. We get to know them and their friendship or their relationship as father and son and their love. And then we're introduced to our pumpkinhead fodder, for lack of a better word. I mean, that's what they're there for. Our pumpkinhead fodder, yeah. um, which is a group of, uh, I would say, college age kids. Um, Except for that one lady. She looked like she was in her late 30s. Well, you but know, yeah, when, like, I think that's in 80s casting cool. rules. That is high school age. So <laughs> I guess. Have you not seen a Nightmare on Elm Street movie? <laughs> That's true. Exactly. Represent. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with casting older folks, but yeah, she stood out. I I forget which one she was. She was the uh, blonde. You know what I'm talking about? Uh, yes, the, the, the one, the Christian one. Girlfriend. The Christian, yeah. yeah. You Super got it. Christian yeah. So we're introduced to these. Uh, Derek, do you have their characters' names? Yep. Let's see. We've got Joel. Joel. He's a douchebag. Yep. Yes. Kim. Yep. Steve. Steve. Who I think gets a raw deal in all this. Steve is Joel's brother. Yep. Tracy. Maggie. And Haggis. And, uh, but or Bunt. <laughs> oh, Haggis and Bunt are the the children, right? Yeah. The yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. That's the that's the main cast. Okay, so yeah, um, the uh, so Steve, so the, they show up at the at the at the place, and they're doing their uh, shopping, essentially, of course. Um, and um, Tracy is the is basically our final girl. Tracy's introduced as our final girl. She's a photographer taking pictures. Kind of nice. Her boyfriend character um, is um, what is his name? Uh, I don't remember his name. See, he's that forgettable. Oh, Chris. Chris. Yeah. Is Chris, Chris is the boyfriend character. Oh, yeah, curly, yeah. Hair. curly hair. So Chris yeah. um, and her, her, Chris and Tracy start to to talk to Billy and Gypsy. And he's down there, and they're being sweet to him. Lance Hendricks is automatically already, like, weary of these city folk. <laughs> well, yeah, wouldn't you? Like, I was driving a Trans Am. <laughs> <laughs> Who does he think he is, Smokey? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <Think he's dead? laughs> I will say this. Uh, that is one of the most unnatural scenes, because this – this place is uh, like a little grocery store. I don't, I don't think I saw a, like a gas pump or anything like that. And these random people just pull over and are like, hey, I'm going to get my dirt bike out. I'm going to go ride in these hills. Yeah, there's some weird. I will agree. There's some weird logic going on here. So I'm assuming they pulled over to get supplies for the cabin. And Yeah, and that makes total sense. But then, uh, you know, that, they just. Well, to... to be fair, Joel was drinking like. He was driving that Trans Am while drinking a beer. <laughs> yeah, I remember his girlfriend handing him one, yeah. 
Yeah, so he was yeah. driving the Trans Am while drinking a beer. So he's already, like, um, loaded. The judgment's clouded. Yeah, yeah, he's already loaded. And on top of being loaded, he's a douchebag. Uh, uh, so as soon as he meets little Billy, he decides to make fun of his Coke bottle glasses like oh, a piece man. of trash. I know. As How a, did that uh, make you 56% of this, of this trio is, wears glasses. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> Lydia, when what is your thought on Joel? Um, which one's Joel? Joel is I, the, the D-bag. Okay, I could not yeah. keep track of everyone's yeah. names. Um, Joel, Trans Am beer drinker. Makes yeah. fun of Billy's glasses. No, and then murders it. He seems like a really great guy. I don't know. He does. <laughs> I, I knew you had a I knew you had a soft spot for the bad boys. <laughs> Marry a guy like that. He just misunderstood. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so this this little hillbilly family shows up, and uh, the the grandfather of this group happens to be Buck Flowers, who, if you've yep. seen any John Carpenter movie, you know who he is. Um, so I enjoyed that little, you know, that they cast Buck Flowers in this, and he always poor Buck Flowers always plays a homeless guy or like a yeah yeah like every time doesn't he. Yeah, or Hillbilly. Was, or... Wasn't he in uh, Back to the Future? Wasn't he the homeless guy on the bench? I think Crazy so. Drivers. I yes, I know he is. Of course, the, the he's the homeless guy, and they live. He plays a bum yeah. in John Carpenter's uh, body bags in the gas station segment. <laughs> Poor Buck Flowers. But anyway, uh, the family shows up, and then uh, Joel. Is, is, has, has decided to get on his dirt bike and ride off. And yep. so he's riding the hills. Meanwhile, we're introduced to the, the two kids. We're introduced to all these, these heathens, the main one being Bunt, um, who's the oldest of, these, of this brood. Um, like how you called them heathens. <laughs> <laughs> I, didn't, I couldn't think of They're another They're relatively name. nice kids. I mean, other than the fact that they look like well, other than the but... other than the fact they still they steal Billy's ball, and then one of them tries to steal Billy's ball, and then old uh, Bunt tries to scare us. Which, by the way, takes me all the way back to being the oldest brother of uh, four boys, because yeah. Bunt immediately starts saying, "Oh, you know what happens to people that sin? Oh, Pumpkinhead gets them," and he's, they all start doing this little um, chant and this little poem. And scaring the youngest one. And it reminded me of shit I used to do to my brothers <laughs> when they were kids. Yeah. Uh, there's a great story when we were uh, when we were young. Well, not too young. But when our brother Jordan, who is now in his 20s, was a child, me and Jacob, Lydia's uh, fiance, uh, decided to tell him that uh, he needs to be careful when he goes outside because there are these things. <laughs> There are these creatures outside called eating butts, and we said eating they were butts. said they were butts with wings that ate people. <laughs> and we made him cry. <laughs> That's awesome. You were so mean. I was bunt. I was bunt. Son <laughs> of a bitch. That's why I liked his character. I think I was like, yeah, I can, I can see it. <laughs> I can relate see to that. I can relate to him. So, Derek, you have the Pumpkinhead poem, yes? 
Uh, I do have the Pumpkinhead poem. Won't you read the Pumpkinhead poem? I don't think that it's the poem from this movie, but it is. I think that this predates the movie. Is it? How long is it? Is it short or long? No, it's pretty short. Okay, go ahead and read it. All right. It says, "Keep away from Pumpkinhead unless you are tired of living. His enemies are mostly dead. He's mean and unforgiving." Laughing at him, Andrew undone, but in some dreadful fashion, vengeance he considers fun and plans it with a passion. Time will not erase or blunt a plot that he has brewing. Uh, it's when you think that he's forgot he'll conjure your undoing. Uh, bolted doors and windows bared, guard, uh, guard dog uh, prowling in the yard, won't protect you in your bed. Nothing will from Pumpkinhead. Yeah, that's actually the the poem in the movie. That's what they're chanting to the little to the uh, the younger oh, kids. Oh, it is. Yeah, it's the exact okay. poem. Uh, yeah. I yeah. Like how so worked it in there, but it, yeah, it, it predated it. Yeah, this creepy little poem. So yeah, it predates the movie apparently. Uh, so, we, so that's our first hint of Pumpkinhead, and there's a great shot that intercuts as they're saying that. Ed looks up and makes con eye contact with uh, Buck Flowers' character, and he's having flashbacks of seeing Pumpkinhead. So these kids yeah. are thinking it's an urban legend, but he and Buck Flowers both know that it's not, that Pumpkinhead is real. Yeah. Um, so the brood leaves, um, and Lance Hendrickson has to leave the house. Ed has to leave the, the uh, grocery store to go pick up feed for Buck's, Buck Flowers. And yeah. he decides to have little Billy man the store, keep him and Gypsy inside, just man the store in case customers come in. Hey, uh, he gives him specific instructions, and it's that damn dog. Yeah. So yeah, gives him specific instructions: stay inside. Uh, you know, man the man the store. I'll be right back. So he leaves. Uh, meanwhile, Steve decides he's going to join. Um, he has Joel. joined Joel with the dirt bike riding. So they're riding in the hills. Gypsy runs off to him. And I, I remember the first time I saw this as a kid, I was terrified that Gypsy was going to get hit by one of these dirt bikes. And I did not like that. And then instead, yeah. <laughs> instead, Billy gets hit by a dirt bike. And as a little kid, I also did not like that. <laughs> so tell me, guys, when how do you feel when Billy gets hit. Heartbroken. Yep. Me too. He looks and a little bit like my son. Aw. Every time I've watched this, I've, you know, I mean, every time it's been like, oh man, that sucks. But this time in particular, I was watching it and I came to a realization and you guys may think I'm crazy. You audience may disagree with me and you guys may disagree with me. But I think Billy, Billy's death, is more devastating than Gages. Oh. I could see that. Well, and I think, because you and I talked about this previous, I think something that, uh, you know, makes that more, most true, mostly true. Anyway, I'll get this out. <laughs> I think the, the thing that uh, you connect with is the fact that he can engage beyond like just, a, you know, being a small toddler. He has that relationship with his dad. And he's able to reciprocate it. <laughs> so I definitely know where you're coming from. 
Yeah, I think that's it. Plus, we just spend a little more time. I mean, we we spend a lot of time with Gage, but it's quick scenes here and there spread throughout the movie before his death occurs. This one, we spend all the time with those two characters. So you see this, yeah, you see this relationship, and then, you know, whammo, down goes Billy. Um, and what I think makes it particularly more devastating to me is that he doesn't die immediately. He's laying there, like, conscious. He just can't move or talk. And he's waiting for his dad to come back. And his dad picks him up and takes him home. And he's still alive and he dies in his arms. That is devastating. That is. That's so sad. So For sad. Sure. So sad. So anyway. Well, and I think... Uh, Go ahead. Real quick, because um, Steve really shows like the character that he is. That he stays back <clears throat> with him until his dad gets there. He easily could have went with... I mean, everybody except for Joel was concerned about the kid. And he's just like, they're going to fry me because I've been <laughs> drinking because I'm irresponsible. <clears throat> but, uh, you know, he really showed his character. So when uh, his fate is revealed, um, I feel like he drew, drew the short end of that straw. Yeah, I agree. Uh, you're right. All of the characters, well, most of the characters show true. I mean, they all show true remorse, but, uh, you know, Tracy and Chris are two leads uh, definitely care. And they, take off to the cabin because there's no phone in the in the grocery, mm -hmm. so they have to find a phone. So they go to the cabin to find a phone. Steve decides to stay back, so that way somebody's with Billy during all of this. So he's there. And then, uh, like you said, uh, Joel, so the one woman is completely catatonic. And then Joel, his girlfriend, is just like being abused by him because he's a total Oh my god! Dude, that, that scene where he like runs her over—not with the car or anything—yeah, but she's like her. standing in his way whenever he tries to like go get in the car, dude. He just like mows her over. <laughs> I was like, Jesus Christ! Yeah, he went from like pretty harsh. He went from oh, he's kind of a dick bag to oh, geez, calm down, Ray Rice. <laughs> <clears throat> like oh, jeez, that is mean. It's terrible. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, he goes like from zero to a hundred. Like, you know, he's like, they're gonna fry me, boom, and and then takes off. So of course, Ed comes back, sees his dead, well, dying child, yeah. and picks him up, and there's this great scene where uh, uh, Steve asks him, is there anything I can do? And he turns around and gives him like a death glare. Yeah. Doesn't say a word, and then just, yeah. nope. That that glare. Just the, go ahead. Just oh, it just like pierces your soul. Like it hurts me, and it's not even at me. Yeah, yeah. I feel like there is a uh, take of this movie where he hisses at him. <laughs> it's pure. Like, hey, Lance, you can't do that, man. You got <laughs> pure hatred. Uh, the question I had during this this period is: so he takes him and takes him to the cabin. Now, I guess maybe the hospital is too far away or whatever. But why doesn't he take him to a hospital? Do you guys have an answer? No, that's a great question. Yeah. Because he kind of picks him up and then takes him to his cabin and uses the great old remedy of a wet washcloth 
to try to heal his son. Right. I mean, what are you guys' yep. thoughts on this? Do you think maybe the hospital's too far? It's got to be. I mean, that's what I've always thought. Yeah. Like, so, like, like he knew he knew he couldn't get there. Yeah. So maybe try to make well, it as comfortable as possible, or what have you. Yeah. I mean, he he's literate. At, at some point, he is like writing in his book. Uh, mm -hmm. I wasn't sure if that was like a budgeting book or what happened. Yeah, so. it was. Yeah. Uh, it would make, you know, he, they don't have a phone in either his uh, establishment or the, the store or his house. So it does make you question, like, how far away was this? But, man, you got to try. Yeah. Holy cow. Unless you're, like, four hours away and you're like, ah, well, what? <laughs> see what happens. <laughs> yeah. And, I mean, he also could be in shock and, uh, you know, could I be, guess. Make bad decisions. Yeah. Um, so, anyway, old Billy dies after he says daddy one last time, which is just devastating. So this this is a small critique that I have about Lance's character. Uh, and maybe there are some people that would show it this way, but I don't think that he conveyed the sadness of a son dying as well as he could have potentially. I know that he wants to get vengeance, but... I think he, I think he portrays it just fine. I think it's vengeance takes over first anger it's it's anger anger and shock and just devastation he wants blood and he immediately once that once he dies he knows he knows that pumpkinhead he knows that there's a there's a mm -hmm. course for this vengeance so all he thinks yep. is he gets on a one track mind immediately is i'm going to kill these people that killed my son um so our protagonists go to the cabin and we find out that Joel is like a straight up fucking psychopath. <laughs> when he's holding the uh, phone cord in his hand. So he pulls the phone cord out. He hits Chris in the head with a log after he gets punched out. After he pushes Tracy, he gets knocked on the, he knocks Chris out and then he locks them both in the closet just because he doesn't want to go to jail. Sorry, buddy, but attempted murder and then kidnapping on top of your other yeah. murder? Probably not going to be a good look for you. I mean, unless you're Bill Cosby. <laughs> you're probably going to prison at this point. Like, You've already killed a kid. Like, I don't understand why he... Uh, I don't understand how he what, he... what his plan was. Like, obviously, he was also drunk and not thinking through. But, like, what was his plan? Yeah. To lock them and then say, hey, man, you know, just don't tell me. I mean, that worked for me when I was a kid. I'm not going to lie. I mean, to my brothers, I would say, man, I was just playing. <laughs> but that's more what Bunt should do, not what Joel should do after he murders a child. Though it was an accident. Yeah, I mean. Truly yeah, was. It, it, it was an accident. And he has a point uh, with the fact that he has been drinking. And, and he has I mean, you know, priors. And he has priors. Yeah, that's also mentioned that but, he, uh, three times. So he's he's well known in that uh, establishment, but wherever uh, they are, wherever they are, yes. Yeah. So didn't but we get to my... from his? Good, but from his perspective, uh, you know, if I can only imagine, I I really can't, I don't know for sure, but everything I'm sure is happening really, really fast, and you feel like that you've just committed potentially murder. 
Maybe you do start locking people in closets <laughs> and ripping cords out of the wall. Just to be like, I need to, I need a moment to think about this. <laughs> but yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, dear listener, I do not recommend. Remember, this is not legal advice, but I don't recommend locking anyone in the closets under any circumstances. Yep. Just that's my public service announcement from me to you. <laughs> So then we get to my Lydia, favorite you part. Still, uh, you still taking this guy home? Joel? Oh, what's... Did, did you guys see something wrong with all that? <laughs> <laughs> we call that foreplay from where I'm around. <laughs> yeah. We're just getting warmed up. So then we get into my favorite part of this movie, which is... Ed goes and visits the old woman. First, he visits the the Buck Flowers' family again, and Bunt tells him where to find the old woman for $10. Um, so that's important because it comes back later because Bunt knows about Pumpkinhead being released when, it, when finally that occurs. So he goes and visits the old woman, and what did you guys think of the old woman's makeup in the old woman's, the lighting in the old woman's room? That's awesome. Yeah, it was. I liked her scenes. Loved it. Loved it. I love the way she shot. I love the angles that are used. We don't really see your face clearly for the longest time. And it's all red again, just all red. And she has that really uh, scratchy voice, you know, Ed Harley, that kind of voice like that. Yeah. Oh, creepy. I remember when I was a kid, I was like, don't like her. <laughs> yeah. I think she's like one of the best witches I've seen. You know, it's hard to get. I mean, like, there's like a lot of different types of witches, obviously, mm -hmm. but I think as like as far as like a scary horror witch goes, yeah, like a haggy, yeah, yeah, mm -hmm. like she is really top notch. Yeah, she's great, and like the little ritual she has that they a line have to in do. This movie. Yeah, she has a line in this movie. It's not in this scene. It's when he comes back. Uh, when he says, you know, something along the lines of, you know, you can go to hell or. Oh, she said, he says, he says, uh, God damn you. God damn you. And yeah. No, no, no. She says, she says, uh, he says, God damn you. And she says, he says, he doesn't say, he doesn't say, God damn you. He says, uh, you know, or damn me, damn me, something like that. Because then he says, he, or God damn me is what he says. And she says, he already has it, Harley. He already has. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's I good. Like that scene. So we get this cool <laughs> resurrection of, of Pumpkinhead. So he goes and digs up the corpse, brings it back. Yeah. They use the blood of each of them. And then Pumpkinhead's like, birth is super cool. The little tiny weird creature cool. kind of reminds me of Sam yeah. a little bit from uh, Trick or Treat. Has like a little Sam face. Mm -hmm. And then he's grows into Pumpkinhead. We get to see Pumpkinhead in his like true form. And what do you guys yeah. think of the you design know, of Pumpkinhead? Dude, I thought it was fantastic. Uh, one, it was practical as opposed to a special effect. And so I think it really, they did a great job of designing it, but also just that his movements in it um, really brought the character to life. And by the way, it is my life's goal to find a pumpkin patch like that, where he dug him up. 
That would be the coolest thing. That would be pretty cool. Lydia, what do you think of Pumpkinhead? He's literally like one of my favorite. I have like a poster of him over here off screen. You can't see it, but like he, I love Pumpkinhead. <laughs> the first time I saw him, I was like, that's my creature that I want to like see. Like, I love him so much. His movements, Derek, like you said, are like awesome. I, I mean, you can't, I don't know. I can't even put it into words how much I love Pumpkinhead. <laughs> I always like I always bring this movie up like to my friends like hey let's watch Pumpkinhead and they're like no let's not watch Pumpkinhead let's watch something new and I'm like no but Pumpkinhead love him hey I've got a I've got a suggestion for you you'll probably love it just as much it's called Rawhead Rex you should watch that no before. no we'll get to Rawhead Rex another time and you should not watch that <laughs> except for for this podcast and you should watch it so you know what we're talking about when we do that one I'll let you know when that is. No, I agree with both of you guys. I love I love the design of Pumpkinhead. What I like about it is his movements are stiff due to practicality. They yeah. have to be. Yeah. But what the, what Stan Winston did, which I like, is they made that an asset as opposed to a hindrance. So it looks like he's mm -hmm. just moving deliberately, right? Yeah. And every it feels like he's so big and strong that uh, everything takes a lot of power and there's a lot of weight to him he's not mm -hmm. a, a big problem i have with cgi creatures creatures especially is that they don't have any weight mm -hmm. there's a they have like this floaty thing if you watch one of the new terminator movies regardless if it's the horrible genesis or the also not great dark fate they these big metal machines are like jumping up all around and getting slammed again you know flying against walls they should, they're like thousands of pounds, right? There's no weight yeah. to it. Pumpkinhead, you can feel the weight when he stomps. You feel the power of those stomps. And when he moves, you feel the power of those limbs. And I love the design of his hand. Yes. It's, yeah. it's a great effect. It's a great effect, his hand. Um, I'll tell you, uh, there's a scene in this movie that uh, really uh, got me. I thought it was fantastic. It was the closet scene. Yes, Yes, the closet scene is great. Especially like when he turns away and then he like moves back really quick and then his face comes into like the, the lighting and you're just yeah. like, yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. great. That's what I'm talking yes. about. When we get to that scene, yeah. Uh, that is yeah, sorry later to in the ahead. No, that's later in the movie. Uh, um, but yeah, um, so what's, we start to get the kills fairly quickly, I feel like, right after he mm -hmm. arrives. Um, the first kill is um, Steve, right? Steve's the first kill. He is the first kill. That's why I said he drew the short, the shorter than the straw. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he was the one who cared the most, and it was just like, ah, you know. Which also uh, made me second guess mm -hmm. the uh, the opening scene where the guy uh, ran up to the um, young Ed's uh, childhood home. And it's mm -hmm. like I didn't do anything. I, you know, I didn't know. I, I was innocent. He very well could have been. Yes, he very well could have been. Yeah, yeah. that's the that's the Vengeance trouble with blind. that's the well that's the trouble with seeking revenge. Yeah. So I've got a question for you guys. Uh, what do you guys think of the kills in this movie? I had to check the timestamp because <laughs> I was like, they're already happening. And, yeah. Uh, and Steve specifically, I, I checked the timestamp just to see where I was in the movie. 
but uh, they're also very bunched together. They are bunched together. And what do you think about the creativity of the kills? Like, no, it's non-existent. I agree. If I have a weak point of this movie, it is the kills for sure. There's a couple yeah. of standouts. I think when uh, um, Joel finally bites it, Joel has a great kill in my opinion. Yeah, he uh, does. Uh, He's the one I who mean, gets the gun shoved through him, right? Yeah. What do you think of that kill, Lydia? I think it was yeah, probably the probably the strongest one. Um, well, I don't know. Is he? I'm trying to remember. Is he the one? That, one of them gets picked up by their head. Like, yes. He's like up, like he's on the roof or something, and he like picks some. Oh, it up. sets the woman. Oh, he the drags girl. her. He yeah. drags oh, the. Okay, yeah. The, I was trying to remember. It's the Christian <laughs> girl. The, uh, old young lady. Yeah, the Christian girl like who is his friend. He grabs her up by her head, and there's a great scene following that. Which is where Pumpkinhead uses her head as like a pup, like a puppet. Like he oh, sticks her yeah. head up window. in the window and like is looking around with it, and then he pushes her head through the through the window. And then that's how is the that point. not creative, guys? That's that's pretty cool. That's that, pretty cool. That was. Yeah. That was. That's, the other one's cool. like, then, like Joel's girlfriend just passes out. <laughs> she sees it, she's just like like it's almost like she's like, I'm old. <laughs> Back to the future too, guys. Back to the future too. Um, but it's like so, she real just... quick, I, <clears throat> I think we uh, we skipped over a very important scene in this movie. Yeah, what's that? Uh, that was when uh, Ed goes back to the witch's house. We we, we uh, talked about that conversation that they had, but like the, the context he goes of it. Back yeah. Is, yeah. Because he's he experienced realizes. kills. Yeah, he's experienced yeah, them. Exactly. He's seeing the kills through his eyes. Well, yeah, and by the way, I think that that is a fantastic concept. Is that you wanted this vengeance? Now you have to experience like all of it, and not yes. just be like, not just that. Yeah, I want them dead. Which is have to... which is very which is very important because that ties into a note I wrote, which is I like Ed switch from. Quasi-villain to hero, essentially. Because yeah. it's, it's very in line with his character. Like, it's very literally in line with his character. Once he yeah. sees the, the, the trouble that he's causing, he immediately um, says, I don't want any more of this. I'm going to do everything I can to stop this. And immediately becomes a hero. And yeah. it's not like a hokey switch, because we, we buy it. We understand that he's seeing the visions. And we know he's not a bad guy. We know he's a loving father. So yeah. that switch is easy is easily made. Yeah, and I think I'm going to give them a little too much credit for this. That could also explain why Steve was the first victim. Right? Because I am sure that Ed felt like... I mean, he stayed back. He didn't have to. He stayed with his son, so his son wouldn't be alone. You know, I'm, yeah. Like I said, I'm probably reading too much into it, but like after that first kill, and he's like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa!" Not that guy. This is yeah, not really, what yeah. I signed up for. Yeah, yeah. There's a great scene when he pulls up uh, Steve's. Um, so he takes uh, Joel's girlfriend, and he drags her up into a tree, right? Yeah. And there's a great shot of him perched on the tree branch with her and it's one of my favorite shots in the movie it's so creepy they do such a great job he's like crouched down 
and he drops her on that rock and she like breaks her back, I guess. We kill, yeah. but that shot is great. Love that shot. Yeah. So that basically all the kills happen and then there's like no more kills. <laughs> like it happens fairly quick. Then um they they go to the this farmhouse and are attacked by this this guy has this dog. Ooh, wait. Yeah. Uh was this yeah, so this guy. Maybe I'm jumping ahead. Yep, no, ahead. so this guy has a dog with him. And this dog, um, they, they, they're, you know, the guy's like, drop your gun or whatever. And it's right before uh, Joel dies. And then uh, Pumpkinhead attacks. And yep. um, Ed shoots him down. And then yep. Joel, uh, you know, gets killed. The dog bites Ed on the, on the wrist. Yep. And once he bites him, Pumpkinhead reacts to the pain. Yep. And he holds his arm out. Ah! And so that's when your first clue to realize that they are connected. They're one and the same. Um, yeah. So whatever happens They're to... bloodbound. Yeah, so whatever happens to Ed happens to Pumpkinhead. So Ed hurries them into the truck and they take off. They, they, run, into, they run into Bunt first. But tells them he takes them to this. This is the great scene before Ed happens. Takes them to the uh, this church, this dilapidated church. Lydia, talk to us about the dilapidated church because I know this is one of your favorites. It is my favorite. I'm. I try to look up a picture of it really quick because it's like the most beautiful thing. <laughs> like, I mean, Stan Winston just knew exactly what he wanted i think because he killed it yeah i agree i love the lighting of the church the the unmotivated lighting and the fog and uh you know they're they're like thinking that they're going to be safe because it's hollowed ground even though it's not it's a dilapidated place and when Pumpkinhead enters and they take off he walks up stomping and he grabs that cross and he starts bashing it. He snarls at it a couple times, and he like starts bashing it. He wants nothing to do yep. with this cross. Wonderful scene. Yeah, I agree with you, Lydia. I think it's I think it's the most beautiful scene in the movie. I think it's the most well lit and well shot scene of the movie. Yeah, it gets me pumped up. Like I'm like rooting for him. Like half the half the movie, I'm like, yes, get these guys. <laughs> I love him. Um, you like that scene, Derek? I do like that scene. I uh, really did enjoy when, or just the, that he would take the time to, to break the cross. And not that it hurts him in any way. It's just like a disgusted yeah. thing he has with it. Because obviously it didn't burn him or yeah, hurt him in any way. Thing. Yeah. yeah. And I love the facial animations they put good. on him. Like he's very, he's a very like oh, yeah. animated creature. And you could tell what he's <laughs> thinking at any time. And I love that, like they gave him like a look of disgust when he saw the cross. He snarls his lip. Love the detail on his tail. Yeah, I only really saw it once, and that was towards the end of the movie. But like, it looked like a like you, what you would think of the devil would have. Yeah, have a tail because it's got that little like triangle at the end, that little you know, pit, uh, like a point arrowhead. Yeah, 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 <clears throat> yeah. He's yeah, got the, the he's creature. got some. He's got some alien in him. I think there's some alien DNA does. in him as far as his body is concerned. And he's got a kind of elongated head. 
But he definitely They're stands out as his own creature. Did he do Alien? Um, you I think Sam so. I think he... And by him, I meant, yeah, the director. Did he do the uh, makeup or the effects? Well, I know that uh, the Alien creature itself was Geiger-inspired. But I do, yes, he did the special effects for uh, Alien. And okay. Aliens. That makes sense. Yeah. Well, he, sure yeah, he did Aliens is what he did. He didn't do the first one. He did Aliens. Hmm. And, of course, Predator, like we talked about. And Monster Squad. <laughs> Just the name a few. He's done a lot. Yeah. Just the name a few. And T2. And The Relic. And Congo. Oh, less said about Congo, the better, probably. <laughs> and he did all the live action dinosaurs in Jurassic Park. Um, yes. But uh, so. <laughs> like, just gonna throw that in. And yeah, he did all the dinosaurs. Just, like, just, no just throw in there. I mean, just, I mean, <laughs> one of the probably the greatest uh, practical effects creature ever. Uh, you know, Jurassic Park. The the T the Rex and the uh, Velociraptors are just some of the very best practical effects ever created for film. I want to shout out the the Stan Winston Instagram. Do you guys follow them? I don't. Oh my god! They nope. just they for all of um, June. I think they were doing like Jurassic June, and they were posting these videos of them doing the special effects for some of the dinosaurs, and they were so mm -hmm. cool. You got I did see that lifted I... up by the T Rex and shaking around, and like the uh, little compies attacking the guy, like the tests they were doing. Yeah, yeah, I did so see that. Cool. I did see that uh, Amblin shared it, because I follow Amblin, and Amblin shared it. And I was like, oh, this is so cool. Yeah, awesome. Anyway, back to Pumpkinhead. We'll, we'll discuss <laughs> Jurassic Park another time. <laughs> By the way, spoiler alert, we're all going to give Jurassic Park 10 pumpkins. <laughs> Definitely. So that's going to be the shortest episode possible. Now, um, so we get to, Ed takes him back to his house, essentially. Um, yep. And he starts, he goes, he goes full ash, starts building like a, a flamethrower, right? So he's in the garage building a flamethrower. Um, Bunt, a pumpkin head shows up. Bunt ends up hiding from him in the, uh, um, in the closet. In closet, right? Yeah, and this is the yeah. scene that you were talking about, Derek. So he's hiding yeah. in the closet, and also um, Gypsy is hiding in the toy box. <laughs> and Pumpkinhead is looking around in the closet, and he doesn't see him. He starts to step away, then he just pushes in the frame and pulls the clothes apart. It just gives him the snarl. It's one of the freaking coolest. By the way, also at this point... Uh, Chris has been, uh, like, knocked out, and Pumpkinhead has been, like, fucking dragging him around. <laughs> oh, my God, guys. I just realized something amazing. What? So, I was just looking at the, the Pumpkinhead, um, the cast list, and at the uh -huh. bottom, it says the dog's name, right? Yeah. So it's played by Mushroom. And I was like, why does that sound so familiar to me? And so, I just, like, clicked on it. I didn't even click on it. I just like looked up the dog because I knew I would know, but it's the same dog from Gremlins. It's Billy's dog! It's what's the dog's name in Gremlins? Oh. But I knew that, that dog's name was Mushroom because I've seen Gremlins a thousand times and I 
Greta in the cast in the uh, credits. And I was like, wait, Mushroom? I know that dog. <laughs> I'm so happy I just put that together. That's hilarious. Uh, I love that they gave the dog a credit. That's great. Barney. Well, th that dog is the best Barney, actor dog uh, I've ever seen. Yeah, Barney is his name in Gremlins. Yes. Barney. Oh, yeah. Mushroom. Love it. Love it. You know, anyway, that's that, uh, uh, I think we missed. Yeah. That uh, really got me was mm -hmm. when he takes his son to bury him next to mm -hmm. whom you assume is the mother. Oh, yeah. But like, how backwoods are you that you're just like, oh, yeah, I'm going to skip the corner. I'm going to skip all this. Like, That's what they do. Well, I mean, Buck Flowers says home. that. Gonna... I mean, he says, go home and bury your boy. And I was thinking that as I was watching, I was like, oh, man, they don't even do death certificates in this this yeah, county here. <laughs> they just go and security number. <laughs> bury him on my land. It's like yeah. he's I mean, my Eastwood. Yeah. yeah. It's my like he's Eastwood and Unforgiven. Her yard. Yeah. <laughs> Can you imagine you buy that house later and you're like going to, you know, plant a flower and you find two dead bodies buried in the back? Because <laughs> he didn't put a marker, it doesn't seem like. No, he'll get to that later, maybe. Well, no, he won't. Cause he won't. We know he won't. Yeah. Um, that would be a cool yeah. uh, future Pumpkinhead movie idea, maybe. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. We'll have to see what I, Lance I, is doing. Yeah, when when we get to the end of this movie, I I really liked the the tie-in at the end. Oh yeah, we'll get to it. The uh, so he builds the he starts getting visions. Ed does after he's built the mm -hmm. uh, flamethrower, and Pumpkinhead starts attacking uh, Tracy, and Ed comes out and he has the flamethrower gets caught and it hurts him and he stabs himself with a pitchfork and yep. pumpkin head feels it. So he realizes at that moment, his eyes turn, his eyes start glowing orange, red Ed's do. Yep. And he starts to realize that, Oh, they're one in the same. Mm -hmm. So she picks up the flamethrower. Ed runs off into the, the car and she tries to burn him and it's doing nothing. Like the flamethrower is doing dick all to old pumpkin head. Yeah. And Ed decides to shoot himself in the head. To kill Pumpkinhead. Pumpkinhead falls down. Ed stumbles out of the, the car and falls down. But he's still alive. So <laughs> Pumpkinhead gets back up to do some more damage. And she's he Ed tells her, kill me. Kill me. Hmm. So she grabs the gun. And she can't do it. He stands up. And she, like, blows him away, essentially. Like, shoots him, like, yeah, four times. And he finally collapses in a heap. Pumpkinhead hits the ground and bursts into flames. Yeah. Now, what do you guys think of that ending for Pumpkinhead? The whole concept. What do you think of them being connected and that he kills himself to, to end Pumpkinhead? I love the fact that they're connected. That, uh, to me, gives a lot of gravity to the decision that he made and like how everything played out. I will say the end, like that specific ending to his character is uh, a bit underwhelming because he's like, I'm going to shoot myself in the head. But then he can't even do that right. <laughs> and then uh, he has to have her killer. But just like that was a very easy out. You know what I mean? I, I did. I thought that that was a little bit of a weak point to the, 
the movie, in my opinion. Lydia, what do you think? Um, yeah, I think it's really cool that they're connected like that. Um, it, it like, I don't know if it makes perfect sense, but it like makes sense to me. And I'm like, you know, when when he realizes it, and he's like, I mean, because he's the one he created it. He did this. Like, it's a demon. It's his demon, literally. And it's it goes like the metaphor, uh, you know, like the the symbolism behind it is really cool. Um, especially if you, you know, I mean, I don't think you can imagine the pain of like the demon that you would have if that happened to your son or your child at all, you know, and you would definitely have that, that just like that hate in your heart, you know, and For carrying sure. that is, you know, it's heavy. And I think it's really cool that they wrote this story to kind of like bring that hate um, and give it a face, you know, and, and be able to take it down, even though it never really goes away. Yes, I agree. Still, you know, you still you still feel like he's defeated, you know, but yeah, I don't know. The the symbolism behind it for me is like pretty emotional. I feel I feel terrible because we picked this movie after doing all these like kid deaths. But, like, <laughs> we should have probably thought about that before. <laughs> no, we're going to change the name of this podcast to Screen Bloody Murder Kids. <laughs> yeah. Only two movies where kids die from now on. <laughs> Tune in next week when we do uh, The Brood, followed by Village of the Damned. <laughs> Dang it. Um, no, I agree with you. I agree with you, uh, Lydia. Um, I see where you're coming from, but I really like it because I feel like I don't think it's too easy of an out for him because he realizes that the only way to stop this is he has to sacrifice himself. Um, and I mean, yes, he also may not want to live as much because his son's dead, but he also can't live in a world where this evil is, this vengeance, this evil is, is thriving. And he feels like he doesn't want any more blood spilled because of him, especially innocent blood. So he makes the choice to sacrifice himself to stop the hate, basically, yeah. to end the hate. I didn't at all mean, like, that. I, I wasn't trying to say anything about, like, killing himself or anything. Well, no. No, <laughs> no I, yeah, Just I got that. make a slight correction here. It wasn't the fact, like, I, I thought the gun was the easy out. Uh, I think it would have been really cool if, like, they had a, like, a little bit more of a, an elaborate way that he died, other than just here's a gun. shooting. I see what you mean. You you think that so you don't like you like the idea. You just don't like the execution. Oh yeah, no, I I thought the idea was was great. So the your problem is, is that he, he was just shot, and like instead of being yeah. you know like having like an anvil dropped on him or something, <laughs> or had to like, like jump you know, onto a samurai been... sword or or something. Well, like, if I were directing this movie, I would have had a mini battle between Pumpkinhead he and, and Pumpkin him. And yeah. Yeah, now, like, after the second swipe, 
I would then have Pumpkinhead like trying to move away from him because he, then he, he knows. realizes. Yeah, that that's a good idea. I agree. And as but... he's like trying to chop him down and like make maybe they fall off of a cliff together or something else happens. But uh, just make it a little bit more epic than, oh, I found, you know, I got a gun in my glove box. Or even still let him shoot himself, but have that that epic battle needed to happen first. Because then it's more earned. Uh, Because he could also be, you know, like just pumpkin heads evading him and not letting him do anything. Yeah, or like, uh, didn't Joel have a rifle? He could have saved his death till they... They came back there, and then like the rifle is behind Pumpkinhead, so he tries to go get it, and well, and I, I have that battle, and he eventually gets it. Either I'm glad way, that they didn't uh, do that because I went, I didn't want Joel to live any longer. He annoyed me greatly. I felt he stayed too long in play. Well, in the scene where he walks over and he kicks Pumpkinhead, I'm like, man, you smug bastard. Yeah, yeah, and then he shoots him, and then he says, like, "Yeah, he shoots him," and then says, "No, he's dead," and then he gets fucking killed. And I'm like, good. You're the one I wanted to die to begin with, Joel. Yeah, it would have. They should have decapitated him with like a bike. Yeah, that would have been cool. Or like you know, like sho- 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 shove the dirt bike up his ass or something. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but uh, so the the movie ends proper with the witch burying the remains of Pumpkinhead, except I don't. Yep. Go ahead. Except it's not the remains of Pumpkinhead. The new Pumpkinhead is now Ed Hartley. Because he has the necklace. So it consumes its host until they become Pumpkinhead. Yep. That's why I I loved that ending as well. Because I was like, man, that's definitely not Pumpkinhead. He's got like weird hair. And then the... uh, (laughs) Hey, don't talk about Lance Hendricks' hair like that. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I meant on like that doll thing that they, they had, but I thought that that was a brilliant uh, way to tie that in because it's it's kind of like the circle of life, right? You breed this hate, it consumes you, and you become it. Yeah. I thought yeah. that was a, a very fitting end. And you get that old lady out there, she's got to have some cardio. Well, she's supernatural. She's like, she's got to be 850 years old at this point, I think. I mean, she looks like... She's 850. Lydia, what did you think of the pumpkin head being Ed Harley? I love it. I love the um, the the transformation of the the face mm-hmm. yeah. um, into Lance's face is really cool. How they did that and made it actually work. <laughs> like yeah, yeah. You can see it starts to look like Lance. Yeah, yeah. It's great. That's great stuff. By the way, Lance was uh, in great shape during this movie. He he walks around with the shirt off at the beginning, and I was like, "Oh, look! That's he's like not like Superman cut or anything, but in damn good shape for being Lance Hendrickson." <laughs> yeah. How old was he in this? Oh, uh, he was probably in his thirties or forties. He he kind of reminds me of uh, of my dad, I guess, a little bit. I mean, not that he looks like it. My dad yeah, looks. Yeah. Uh, nothing like Lance Hendrickson in the face or anything. <laughs> but he's he's like, you know, like walking around, like doing his like little uh, he would be 40, he was 48 in this movie. Wow. He was born in 1940. He's How nearly 50. He, he, well, he's born in 1940. So, damn. Old. <laughs> almost 80. 
Uh, yeah. Well, he's 81. Yeah. So, yeah, he, I mean, so, yeah, he was in damn good shape for being nearly 50. Um, uh, also, just in case anybody else was uh, curious what the conversion rate was for $10 in 1988. Yeah. Because I was wondering that. <laughs> I always it look would, it up, uh, too. In today's, in today's dollars, it would be $22.76. Uh, I do it when I'm watching shit like Perry Mason, and he's like, I need $5,000. <laughs> and I look it up, and I'm like, whoa, that's like, you know, uh, $850,000. <laughs> yeah, I like literally when we were talking about it earlier, I was like, oh, that's probably like $100 to that kid. <laughs> nope, it was only 20 <laughs> But to them, probably it's as, it's as good as $100. I mean, he could probably buy like a month's worth of feed. Yeah. Yeah, no, <laughs> no kidding, man. So... Uh, first, let's give our rankings for this movie. Let's let's rate this movie. Then we'll uh, aconize this movie. So, mm -hmm. first, uh, we'll start with you, Derek. How many pumpkins would you give Pumpkinhead? I'm gonna I'm gonna throw a fraction in there. You son of a bitch. Because I got to, but it's uh, at least the normal one. I'm gonna give it uh, five and uh, a half. Five and a half. Five and a half. Yeah. Derek. Really. Five point five. Yeah, and I'll tell you why. Uh, it was the uh, surrounding characters to the main characters. I, I really thought that the um, those kids were real weak as far as character development. Well, and, for comparison, uh, Derek, before you stick with this, before you stick with this grade, I want to remind you that you gave the remake of Pet Cemetery four pumpkins. Yeah, this is more. <laughs> yeah, but this this is more. Yeah, I mean, for me, I feel like uh, those, I thought that those were uh, bad casting characters, and uh, I thought that the story could have used a little bit more oomph. I love I yeah, think you effect. gave The Fog a higher rating than this. Uh, let's see, I've, I've got my, let's see, The Blob I gave an 8. Uh-huh. Nope, I gave The Fog the exact same. You think this? You think the the remake of the Fog is as good as this movie? Yep. <laughs> I'm gonna stick with that. You are not. I can see the de devastation on your face. There's no. There's no. You can you can raise it a pumpkin, and go with six point right, five. You know I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go five point seven five. Oh my god! Just give it six. Just give it six. I'm not gonna do it. The the highest I'll go is five point eight. Okay, thanks, Rick. <laughs> <laughs> Can't do six. 5.5. That's where I'm staying. 5.8. Can't, can't believe you think the, the remake of The Fog is as good as this movie. Uh, you know, I I can't either, but that is what <laughs> I have settled on, and I am sticking with it. <laughs> No, I really, I do think that uh, it, it really took away. And also, you know, I was a little maybe preoccupied when I was re-watching this movie. But I, I do think that the, the cast of characters really just did not do this movie uh, a good service. And, <clears throat> you know, that's where I'm standing. Lydia, what do you got? <laughs> I'm going to give it an eight. Um, eight 
pumpkins out of 10 pumpkins. <laughs> um, I have always just loved this movie. I, I do agree that the, the cast of the, of the teenagers could have been a lot stronger. Um, and maybe their deaths would have like, I don't know. I, some of them did okay, but yeah, I think, I think the cast probably could have been better, but the effects kind of hold up the movie, like the effects in Lance alone. Um, yeah, I'm, I think it's an eight for me. Well, uh, Derek, the reason I was saying you should make it six is because that's what I'm going to give it. Six, six pumpkins. Um, so I'm like barely below you. <laughs> just give it six. So I By gave it six. Eight. I gave it six pumpkins for the simple. Well, if we're rounding up, you also gave it six. We round up on the show. So <laughs> <laughs> um, I gave it six pumpkins because I was really close to giving it seven. Uh, because I just like the concept so much. I love the directing. I think it's well directed. I think it's wonderfully shot. I think the shots are great. I think Lance Hendrickson is great in it. I love Pumpkinhead, the character. I love his design. Uh, and I love Billy. And I love the all of that stuff. I love it. I love the story. But like you guys, I don't care at all about the teenagers that come through. Which would be fine if it was a Friday the 13th movie. Mm -hmm. uh, because you don't care about most of them. But you also have Jason. So it kind of... And the reason that this movie lacks those is because the kills are just no bueno. Yep. Like I would agree that that is the That's uh, what drags it down for me. Big downfall. The characters if, if the characters were the same characters but it had like really great kills, this would be like a 7 yeah. or 8. But with the with the characters uh plus the lack of ki creative kills, I give it a uh, I give it a 6 out of 10 as well. But I do uh, if you're asking me to rate Pumpkinhead himself, 10 out of 10 pumpkins for Pumpkinhead. How about oh, you, Derek? I would, uh, I would agree with that, or uh, at minimum a nine. I thought that his, uh, like as a creature, he he was phenomenally done. Yeah, I loved love everything him. about him. Love yep. Pumpkinhead himself, and for Lance, I'd give him a, a solid eight out of ten pumpkins as well. If I was just rating Lance Hendrickson, and Lance Hendrickson as a human being and actor, he's gets a twelve out of ten pumpkins for me. Good on you, Lance. He's that good of a human being, huh? I don't know, but he's that good of an actor. So <laughs> <laughs> he makes great movies. Well, I like man, his movies. He must do a lot of philanthropy. No, I just was a real big Word fan of Millennium. Or... So there you go. <laughs> Millennium was great. You remember Millennium? You guys remember, I remember AVP? Yeah, was, well, the less said one. about AVP, the better. Some rough stuff. I like AVP. Uh, he was an alien, right? He was an alien. He's Bishop, man. Yeah. Aliens. Yeah. Yeah. Bishop. God, what, what other movies? I mean, he's been in so many movies. Uh, Wes Craven Scream 3. Hard Target, of course. Yeah, yeah he, he plays he the director. In, he's the director in Scream 3, remember? Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, yeah. of course, in Aliens 3 and, you know, about you know, a million and a half movies. In all the other movies that he plays in, like, I just his presence, he comes across as like a hard human being. Yeah, it's great. This so is his I, most vulnerable role. <clears throat> well, 100%, especially the, the at the beginning of the movie with his son. Mm -hmm. Like, that was a different side 
to him as an actor, the characters that he normally portrays, I uh, really liked that beginning and the relationship okay. that they had in this movie. So you guys, I have not seen the new... There are two new Pumpkinhead movies. I don't know if you knew this. From 2006. Called yep. Pumpkinhead Ashes to Ashes and Pumpkinhead Blood Feud. Lance Hendrickson yeah, in both this one. as Ed Harley. What? No way. Yeah. Just looked it up on IMDb. What the heck? Now, I don't know how. I think this movie would be prime for a reboot. Maybe. Yeah. Under one condition. They keep Pumpkinhead the same? Yeah, you have to go back to a practical effect. You, yes, you cannot do. A, I would go. AI. I would go a step further and say that they they can't change Pumpkinhead's look because he looks phenomenal. Oh, you can maybe update him a little yeah. bit, but keep that design. Yeah, yeah, I would uh, keep that same design. And so, yeah, I mean, with the animatronics, I'm sure that they could give him a little bit more fluid and motion. Yes, they to can. him. Yeah, I mean, he's 30 but, years uh, on. I they can definitely do that. Yeah. Yeah, I. Think I this would be a good. Uh... It's prime for it. I mean, I, uh, we'll eventually have to do the sequels at some point, further down the line. Pitch a movie. Yeah, we'll pitch. We'll pitch a Pumpkinhead movie. Yeah, we'll do it. Ooh, Lydia, you can. Awesome. You can do the. You can. You can work on Pumpkinhead. You can work on Pumpkinhead himself. We'll put don't you on the team. Don't even talk to me. <laughs> <laughs> Just get that movie made right now. <laughs> if you if you guys uh, if any of the listeners are interested in the the effects, they have some amazing videos of like behind the scenes of them working on the creature, and uh, they're so fun. Like it's super inspiring to watch those guys in the in the eighties like working and having so much fun making Pumpkinhead. Like, it makes you want to be there so bad. The special effects and makeup artists of the 80s are the kings. Yeah. They're the best. Yeah. They, they're the they're the shoulders who everybody else stands up on currently. Well, I was about to say, to the build a house, you gotta build a foundation. Yeah. Your Tom Savini's and your Greg Nicotero's and your mm. Tony Gardner's. Yeah. I know nothing yeah. about construction, but I at least know that. That's true. That's good. So now it's time for our favorite part of the show. We're going to look at Pumpkinhead, and we're going to atkinize Pumpkinhead. So... Oh, are we? We are. Which character do you let's think do would have benefited... First of all, let's just start this way. Would this movie have benefited with Tom Atkins in it? <laughs> the answer is obvious. Yeah. Of course, it would have benefited I think it, you got to make him Grandpa. You 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 think he would? You think he should play Grandpa? If you're gonna keep uh, Lance, so are you keeping Lance? That's Lance. that's not off the table. Anything goes. Derek, if you're handed Tom Atkins to play anybody in this movie, who would he play? I'd have him play the witch. <laughs> Get out of here! <laughs> I'd have him. No, play I would. Gold. I mean, I I like. Uh, Lance, <laughs> if it were ten years earlier, one hundred percent. Dude, he should play. That, he no, would actually he needs to be old. He would definitely, actually, probably be a cool Joel because he would be an old Joel, but he'd be drinking his beer while riding the dirt bike, and all the girls would yeah. be like all around him, all over him. Yeah, 
So who would you have him play, Darren? Yeah, I would. Uh, I'd probably have him pay, uh, play the uh, the grandpa. I can't remember his name right now, but I like Lance Hendrickson. I wouldn't change him. Yeah. Um, so he's really the only other character that he could play. Mm-hmm. Uh, with the age they would be in this uh, at this time. So you you say Joel Lydia? Yeah. I think that's inspired casting. I actually would watch that movie on repeat yeah. every day. Right. Like every night when I came home from work, I'd be like, "Well, it's time to pop in Pumpkinhead starring Tom Atkins as Joel." <laughs> My choice uh, is going to be surprising. I think he should play Pumpkinhead. Just constantly drinking uh, some Downey's. No, I say that that would be hilarious. <laughs> um, I say that uh, I would it's probably agree. If I could cast it, I would also put him as Joel just because it'd be hilarious. But um, if you expanded the part of uh, he could play the, 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 the guy with the dog. He could play that part as well. Um, mm. Except instead of having a dog with him, he has a cavalcade of women. You see, so when they walk up on him, he sees, has like a, <laughs> he has a six pack in his hand and a bunch of girls. And he's like, hey, you drop your gun. He doesn't even have a gun. He just points at him and says, drop your gun, buddy. <laughs> and he drops it because it's Tom Atkins with a six pack of beer and a gal- cavalcade of women. And then the rest of the movie can play off just fine. Also, a unique casting choice would be if he played Bunt. I was about to say, he could play Billy. <laughs> so he drinks the six-pack and stumbles upon the the uh, the uh, motorcycles, yeah. No, I think, uh, Lydia, you win this round. I think, uh, I think that would be the... What do you think, Derek? You think she wins? Yeah, I do. I, You know, I thought... I think you're right on um or maybe age up the cast yeah to fit his you know maybe it's yeah i think if you would have done that that probably would have worked really well and then he definitely could have uh played and he doesn't even have to be driving lydia doesn't even have to be driving a dirt bike because he could just be whipping around that trans am right yeah just doing donuts in the trans am and drinking his beer and he clips billy and then he's like, you know, oh shit. <laughs> and he, drives, he drives off. And then he's just running from a demon. Yeah, the whole then the whole movie changes from uh the movie that we got to just Tom Atkins running from a demon the whole movie. Yeah. And like laying pipe throughout the town as he's doing it. Yeah. Lamb pipe. <laughs> Goes from from block to block. It's like Finding... like the fog where like the windows are exploding and stuff, but it does not slow him down like one bit. No, no, no. He just keeps on just keeps on banging throughout the town. <laughs> <laughs> then the end of the movie has a big showdown with Pumpkinhead, and he bangs Pumpkinhead. <laughs> the movie. Oh ends. my god! You did not just See, say you that. just turn this into uh, X-rated. <laughs> Well, Pumpkinhead is intimidated by his mustache, so he's like, oh, I can't deal with this. But no, I agree, Lydia. Pumpkinhead (laughs) starring Lance Hendrickson and Tom Atkins as Joel uh, is the the winner of tonight's uh, Akinized. I agree. 
So, guys, uh, any last thoughts on Pumpkinhead before we close out? It's worth a watch, especially if you grew up in the 80s. I would say it's even like six out of ten pumpkins good and not five point stupid eight. <laughs> well, you would be wrong, sir. <laughs> Lydia. Um, I remember seeing uh, something about the original like VHS cover. Mm, I uh, love the original had, VHS cover. It had um, pumpkin head on it, right? Like standing in the church, I think. Like purple, right? And you could see that the the person that was playing pumpkin head had tennis shoes on. <laughs> oh, in the, yeah, on the cover. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I don't remember this. Let me look this up. I, you can find it. It's I do remember like, this, yeah. No. I video on Pumpkinhead not too long ago. I'm looking this up right now, you guys. So, no, I don't see it there. Let me put Pumpkinhead VHS cover shoes. Uh, maybe on the back? Dang. It's like... Oh, dude, that cover art is... The original Pumpkinhead so cover good. art is badass. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't but there is a scene in this movie where you can see the tennis shoes. Oh, is that what it is? You s it's a scene mm -hmm. in the movie? Because I don't see it on yeah. the cover art, unfortunately. At least I'm not seeing it. But oh, that... Blood wings. But that 1989 uh, screening cassette pump, uh, fucking artwork is phenomenal, isn't it, Derek? Dude, it's so good. It's it, like, it looks like it's in a comic book. Yeah, it's drawn on. Yeah, uh, so good. Share it, Derek, and see if we can, our uh, audience can see it, and then Lydia can see it as well. Look at that. That's beautiful, isn't it? It is beautiful. Uh-oh. What the fuck was that? Well, what the heck? I mean, these are yeah. great VHS covers, but... Those were good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was definitely a fan. That is gorgeous. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, dang. Well, I'm. I swear it's a. There's oh, a wait. scene. Oh, it's on the back it's of the. Nothing. What's this? A pumpkin head too, right here, Derek. It's on the back of the. Yeah, case. He, I checked. They you can't see it on there. Yeah, there is a scene in the movie where you can see the tennis shoes. Oh. Pumpkin head. Nope. 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 In and is. Huh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I do, yeah, there is a scene in the movie where you can see it. Dang. <laughs> I'm also might help if I... Uh, <laughs> That's why I was laughing. <laughs> there you go. go I did the same thing. I was just looking at Halloween shoes. God, look how great that just Pumpkinhead himself looks. Right? Mm -hmm. He looks so good. Like, oh, that's okay. a great creature design. Look how tall he is. Like, he was yeah. up on... That's, a, that's Blood Wings. Wings. That's part two. Still looks good. I so, I don't hate Blood Wings. Yeah, I don't yeah, love it. There definitely is a... Oh, there it is. Oh. <laughs> that's great. Look how great he looks. I swear there's a cover. Mm -hmm. They probably like did everything to get that 
cover like erased from history. Well, maybe Derek would think it was part of the Mandela effect. Oh, probably. Hey, we can uh, we can spend some time on the Mandela effect if you want to. <laughs> I think we're good. So, yeah. well, okay, I found it's on the back of the. Cage. Share your screen. Share your screen. I don't know how to do that. There's a button down there. See it? That yeah, it says, looks like a uh, triangle it's with a up arrow. Arrow. Yep. Entire screen. Yep. Wow. Yep. There you go. Okay, so can you see this? Yep. Yep. And that's part oh, two, right? It went away. Where'd it go? I'm trying to like zoom in. So, oh, dang it. Click on it and see if you can. I mean, it's going to take us to something, but. Um. Yeah, now it's all blurry. Yeah, see, I saw that one, but he it has tennis like, shoes uh, on right here. Can you see like the top of his? Yeah, I, I looked shadow. at that one and it looked like feet. Oh, those do look like tennis shoes a little bit. Those yeah. are tennis shoes. <laughs> here, I'll let me share my screen again. I've got it pulled up here. Oops, sorry. I think it's uh, uh thundering outside, but. Oh no! I've been having storm some light go off or lightning. Some uh, fireworks. Going off okay. still. Thank you for advising. Okay. Yes, that exactly. I don't know what it's like. So... There it was. Somebody was talking there. about it on Reddit right there. Go back there. Or you just were. Oh, here it is. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the, the shadows kind of cover it pretty well. So you probably. Oh, but I think you're right. It. Yeah. See, that looks like a weird foot to me. It kind of does. Uh, I think because of the shadow right there makes it look like kind of like a. Here, let's see if I can. Uh, yeah, go here. Foot. Read this right here. Don't, zoom, zoom out. Yep, right that. down there. That's a tennis shoe. That's a tennis shoe. Yeah. Go back, Derek, to the, just the Reddit right there. Go to that Reddit tab. Click on the. Yeah. And then see, zoom it out. It looks like a webbed foot down here. Zoom out. And see what it says here. Oh, it's on. Okay, the monster is wearing tennis shoes. This can also, this can be, also seen be seen towards, towards, towards the end of the movie. Where he's wearing, where he's wearing Nikes. Wearing Nikes. Yeah. yeah, see, I still don't see. Ah, maybe, right? I see it. Yeah, I see it. That's because totally a tennis shoe. Yep. Yeah, that's totally a tennis shoe. The, the shadow like of the tail is covering it. Yep. Yep. Now we got through that unsolved mystery. Look. Well, that's one that. Uh, look at this. Uh, did not get to. Featuring cameos from horror's hottest cult faves, Kane Hodder as Honky or Hockey Mask in Friday the Thirteenth. Nice. <laughs> Leanna Quigley's in it. Also stars Roger Clinton. <laughs> He's not from anything. <laughs> They just liked him enough to put him yeah. on. Huh? Also starring Roger Clinton, if you want, really are interested. So, gang, that is uh, Pumpkin Head. Pumpkin Head. Yes. Lydia, yeah. There you go. Everybody say something. Blah, blah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that's Pumpkin Head. Uh, thanks for tuning in. Be sure to... Check us out on uh, Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, on 
wherever other podcasts are available and look us up on YouTube at Hyla Productions. Um, find us on Instagram at Scream Bloody Movies. Find us on Facebook at Hyla Productions and Scream Bloody Movies. Uh, for the show, I'm Jamie Hiles. For Lydia, Judy, and Derek Lamaster, remember if you're going to scream, scream bloody movies. Good night, guys. <laughs> Ha <laughs> ha.